This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. I have, uh, according to rank, I have Ronnie Martin on today and Jan Jan Stewart. Uh, that's only that's only uh, according to rank at the bank. Right. You understand that, Danny? Okay, right. I just want to make sure. I, I I try to be appropriate with Do with you? all the You're very things. appropriate, Truman. And uh, you guys are such good friends. You you really are. And uh, what's going on? With first of all, with Pinnacle Bank, let's get that into conversation. What's going on with Pinnacle right here? As hopefully the building will be finished pretty soon. Yes, um, I, I don't know specifics, but I think um, what I'm hearing is by the end of the first quarter, so mm-hmm. February, March, hopefully we'll be very close. Now, of course, weather delays and things like that are always an issue, and there are all kinds of supply chain issues that are happening. So yeah. um, I have had some people tell me it's interesting, the perspective of different individuals. Uh, I feel like that building has gone up very, very quickly, and others feel like it's taking forever. So I think they're just uh, the, ready the to customers, be in it. Customers, we think customers, it's yeah, that's, I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's it's good. Things are good at the bank. Um, we had a couple of big events. Uh, we had an event last night in which Jan was celebrated uh, for doing outstanding work uh, at the bank, as well as is that a others. question at all? No, I mean, but she doesn't gosh. always get bank wide recognition for that, and she yeah. did get it last night. So yeah, I'm, I'm proud of that. Happy for that. Um, our uh, Pinnacle Bank stock had a big uh, um, threshold um, uh, win. Crossed $100 a share uh, maybe last week or two weeks ago, which is a big deal. So um, that's, that's, that's pretty big. It's a big number. When we started, I think it was uh, in the 60s, 50s or 60s. I think it dropped some during the pandemic. And uh, to be at $100 a share, obviously, uh, takes a lot of effort by a lot of people. Uh, takes a lot of clients that uh, are very loyal to the bank and to the mm-hmm. brand. and. Um, everybody working together, we accomplish good things. So that rewards shareholders and uh, all of Pinnacle employees are shareholders of the bank, which is really good. So makes folk folks committed and I think um, brings a lot of um, workplace happiness to what they do, which is yeah. which is important. So that's good. And you know, maybe the I biggest thing that's uh, going to cross over to a percentage for us that uh, <laughs> have money in the bank. Well, hopefully the low interest rate environment that you're borrowing at rewards you for... I'm not borrowing any money. Well, then, you know... I'm on the other side. You're at a disadvantage, Truman. (laughs) That's terrible. Well, I I agree, um, but, uh, you know, we got to make sure that uh, we serve everyone, and I think when you know you're in a 
really low interest rate environment, you know, people are borrowing uh, mortgage money at two and three quarters and three percent. Yeah, that's which pretty, I'm happy for them. That's a thin spread. So thanks yeah. for being patient with us while uh, um, while we're in this economic time. Well, I, I was telling uh, Don Mosier, of course, he's at he's an, over another bank, right. not even in his county. He's over right. in Bedford County, and uh, he was actually crying. Literally, yeah, I could see the tears coming down his eyes when I was uh, kind of moping a little bit. Because of the interest rates? Yeah, the interest yeah. rates. He felt bad for I you. have looked forward to this for 50 years. You know, I've been poor most of my life. <laughs> and now that I've got over $50 in the bank yeah. in my savings, <laughs> I, I, I was just, oh, man, here I go. Yeah. Well, um, other big news, um, mm -hmm. Bill Jones had a big birthday. Um, if you know his age, I'll let you tell it. I'm not sure I know what it 50, is. 50, I think. 50? Right. Yeah. yeah. Good for you, Jim. That's good. That's smart. <laughs> Bill, this is Truman. Happy birthday to you, but you look more than 50. <laughs> so, uh, hey, Bill oh, we're, Our birthdays are very close together then. Uh-huh, and that's another big thing. Today's his birthday? Yesterday. No, yesterday. Was. Yesterday. So we're four days apart. Hey, you and Bill both have great hair for for men your age. How about have that? Have gray hair? Great. Great hair. Great hair. Like nice. You mean I still have hair? Yes. Uh, Fabulous. It's on my head. Bill's got great hair. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was over at a party last night and um, over at, um, what is it? Five, Five senses. senses. Mm hmm And uh, I noticed that most of us, the guys in there, were all gray-headed just about. <laughs> and... The thing that caught my attention more than anything else was Butch Campbell. Okay. You talking Butch, about the whites? I was watching you last night, and <laughs> and uh, uh, your sweet wife looked over at him and, and at you. No, I'm not going to say it wasn't her that told me that. But they said it looks like Butch. His hair is starting to thin out a little bit. <laughs> I'm sure he appreciates. He has got the thickest hair <laughs> of anybody I've hair. ever seen in my life. But I couldn't, I couldn't tell any difference. It was probably the lighting. You know how if the lighting is just right, maybe it's more sheen yeah. a little bit? Yeah. Maybe that was it. But I like being around old Murfreesboro people. Yeah. I really do. Not old, 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 but, but the people that are more my age and Jan's daddy, not, not, not Jan's mama. But yeah, right. We, we, um, I think we look pretty good for our age. I think we really do. I hope this is a sign that people are going to enjoy their life after retirement a whole lot more over the years. Well, you a big part of the reason you look, I think, the way you look is how hard you work. Because I see you go to the gym every day. I see how hard you work in the gym. I don't think um, everyone takes their health as seriously as they should, but you take it very seriously. I see you. I'm driven to do it. Yeah. It's not that I'm doing it for my health. Yeah. I just got to do it. You make me feel bad in the gym sometimes when I see how well, hard you're Well, I noticed working. I make you feel so bad you've left to where I work out <laughs> and you've gone somewhere else. <laughs> well, there have been some changes at the MAC, so when you have a change of ownership. Well, well they've got uh, new equipment now. Okay. And uh, everybody seems to be happy with that. I know there have been some Except that have left. <laughs> well, but, they... but, but you know as well as I do that the people who serve you yeah. – uh, have to have a personality that uh, kind of intertwines with the people that, uh, um, uh, you know, enjoy those type things. That's that's a getaway. It, right. it's, a, it's where you can go and, 
and like you say, you get healthier, but you have fun, and and, and there are a lot of people there that you enjoy working out with. And uh, I think you have to be able to um, find a um, a medium somewhere where uh, they can understand that the people that they're serving there. Um, they require a certain amount of tension right. and respect, and yeah. and that's that's the biggest thing. Once you get that, then you know you'll be successful. You know, I I think it's uh, it's so important, and I I'm 47. Um, and is that all? Yes, sir. Okay. I feel older than that, but I'm only 47. But that's because you work so hard. <laughs> yeah, Jan works me hard. I'm tired. Yeah. I stay tired all the time. Yeah, um, you still look young. I I appreciate that. Jan. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the older we get, the more important it is to, you know, try to eat right and, and get some exercise. If you if you pay attention to studies, um, and I hate to even talk about studies with all the things we've talked about over the past couple of years because mm -hmm. that's certainly turns into uh, lots of differences of opinion. But generally speaking, a little bit of cardio activity, even if it's just walking, yeah. is really so good from a health perspective for you. Yeah. Uh, from a metabolism standpoint and so you know the hardest part about that which people don't understand is just the routine if you can establish the routine whether it's walking or going to a gym or doing what you do which is much more intense than walking I think it makes a whole lot of difference in how you feel your energy level things you can do so uh, gyms have been a big part of my life for a long time I enjoy it you know I, I just noticed something that when you're at work or when you're out doing something else enjoying it a, a lot of times that your reactions don't change. I was noticing while you were relating all this to me, mm -hmm. Jan was looking at her watch. <laughs> and um, Was that it, mean it's it just time never for her to changes. get in the gym? Is that it what that really means? It never changes, does it? <laughs> What's going on with Murfreesboro City? Because um, everybody is really interested right now. When is the next election? So I guess that's August of next year. So now, um, who all would run during that period? Well, so that's a great question. Um, what I know, I guess, more about is going to be council related. I haven't paid a whole lot of attention outside of that, but uh, there are a lot of county commission uh, seats up for re-election. Of course, the, yeah. the county mayor's race right. is up. Um, they had a chili cook-off over at the courthouse the other day. Oh yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't. You didn't invite me to that either. You go to these things. And you don't well, want to I, call I, I really had nothing to do with it other no. than uh, I was invited to go over and and uh, I enjoyed the chili and the hot dog and everything else that they had. Well, but, call and, me. I'll come with you. I, well, I should have called you because yeah. you would have enjoyed all the 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 relationships that that are there, and it, it was absolutely. I enjoyed it. Now, I think I heard that the county EMS folks won that cook-off. Did I you hear that? So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I read about that. Uh, my uh, One of my sons actually works for uh, the, uh, what, what is it, when you go out and rate property? What do you call that? A assessor's office? Assessor's yeah, okay. property assessor's office. Yes. Yeah, and uh, they were third. So oh, okay. that's all I know. So that's Rob Mitchell's group. That's correct? Rob Mitchell's. Okay. And he gave he gave me a dollar to buy uh, uh, the hot dog. Okay. Yeah. Because you didn't like chili? Because you didn't want chili? No, no. I put the chili on top of the hot dog. Uh, 
Have you have you never eaten a chili dog? I have, but I'm trying I to figure out. I have never eaten a chili dog. You haven't? I'm I don't surprised. Eat chili. Oh, chili dog's good. You're pretty finicky like about what you eat. I am. Yeah. Definitely I don't eat them very like often, but it's one of those things like a hot dog or a chili dog. Oh gosh, I love it. It's when you eat it, it's an enjoyable experience, but it's hard to get excited <laughs> about eating one. And they're not always great after you eat them. <laughs> so, I hear. Yeah. <laughs> but I was glad to see uh, people getting involved over there. Yeah. That, that's something you, you rarely see. And it, it was a whole lot of fun for me. Yeah. Those I are like good events. those type of things. I think, it's, I think everybody is so happy to be back together. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. we just had Halloween. And, of course, I live downtown. And... You know, we sat outside and waited on trick-or-treaters outside. How many did you have? We had a lot. I mean, downtown. Now, we didn't have as many as the folks on Main Street had. Yeah. But, you know, I, I live at the corner of Manny and Lytle. And so I can look directly down Manny Street uh, mm -hmm. and can see East Main Street. And it looked like uh, a shopping mall uh, mm -hmm. from the standpoint of how busy the sidewalks were. They never stopped between probably 5.30 and 8 o'clock. Um, they were, it was constant flow of traffic. So, you know, the kids are smarter today than what we were. They know where all the money is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they and go to the East parents will sit there and they'll drop them out. Of course, watch them continuously going from one house to another. And uh, the parks are pretty good there around East Main Street and, and where you live. And I, I have a, a really a great knowledge of that because, see, Nobody stops at my house. Yeah, uh, on Manchester. It's Highway. not dense enough. You need. We need more density out there. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I'm pretty forgetful, <laughs> and I think I've still got the same Snickers that I probably bought 20 years ago for Halloween. Mm. Well, I, I don't know how much money people spent on candy that lived on East Main Street. Yeah, but um, I, I, what I do know is they didn't let folks reach into a bucket and pull candy out of there. They grabbed one or two pieces and put them in the bags because I don't blame them. I, I, I bet they had, I mean, a thousand kids come by, maybe mm -hmm. more than that. I mean, it just it, it was a not it was a never ending line. And you know, I had forgotten we we had a couple of uh, young uh, spookies dressed up uh, in costumes that came by and I, I little bitty ones. Yeah, you had yeah. some little ones, but you you know you get the big kids too. And, oh yeah, and I can remember doing that, and I can remember doing what I'm getting ready to tell you. Some of these kids did, but I had forgotten that you can't just hold the bucket out to kids, mm -hmm. because next thing you know they're grabbing. I mean, they would lay down in the bucket and put as much as they could put in every pocket. But I had yeah. I had one young man on a bicycle riding around. He had a backpack. Mm -hmm. And I asked him, I said, man, what you got in that backpack? And he said, candy. And I said, no, you don't. Well, he unzipped it. It was a full backpack full of candy. And he, he is one that reached into the bucket that we had and basically grabbed as much as he could grab in a handful. And I thought, eh, yeah, good for you. <laughs> was he carrying a weapon with him? I didn't see one, but uh, I did think he was odd. He had a backpack on until yeah. I realized it was full of candy. So. Yeah. I love Halloween. Yeah, all, all the ladies at the sheriff's office, they all would dress up. And, and some of the ladies that weren't working there, uh, they weighed the, just about every character you can imagine they would dress up. As. Now, did you dress up for Halloween as no. an adult, as a sheriff? No, no. I still had responsibilities yeah. I had to take okay. care of. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay. I'm just asking. All right. Tell me some more about what's going on in the city. Um, so uh, when is your term? 
uh, August. So at the next election, oh yeah, we were talking about the the city folks. So the mayor's race is up. My seat, Madeline Scales Harris seat, and Rick Lalance's seat is up. Oh, so okay. those four people, um, those four seats are up for real. How many are uh, going to run again? You know, I I don't know. Um, I can only speak for one, which is Ronnie Martin. And uh, so Ronnie Martin's not going to pursue his uh, city council seat. Um, So uh, I hope that... Sound like your sweet wife probably has a hand in that, too. Is that right? (laughs) No, well, I I don't want to put anything on her. Uh, We've had a lot of conversations about that. And um, there is no single reason uh, for that, honestly, Truman. Um, It's as much... Um, COVID related with uh, how the world is today and kids being home and and different things happening in our home than I thought were going to be happening when I originally ran for city council. Yeah. You know, we we had kids that were leaving and I thought Cynthia and I were going to be sitting around by ourselves all the time with nothing to do. So it was Mm -hmm. time for me to find something else to kind of pour myself into. And now I find myself with kids all over the place, you know, around and that want to spend time with me and um, need me and, and I enjoy them. And so I want to do some of that. And it's a frustrating job, too, though. You know, it Very is frustrating it, because I don't think the in local races, I don't think the people who uh, are who live here get involved enough in in their research work as far as the candidates and i know that you have worked extremely hard um as a city councilman and you've put a a um uh a lot of your heart and mind into it because it's a rare rare thing i can tell you that because i've seen so much of it over uh, the last well probably the last 40 years but it it's just um uh it it's aggravating when you see things going on that you have worked hard on and others are not putting that same uh thought process into what you're trying to um pass on as far as um things that are so important to the city yeah, and, and uh, I'm not too sure that I know that you and I and, and a lot of others believe that the structure of the city could be changed, right? And and, and make it uh, a, a whole lot more successful. Yeah, I mean, and, and there are a lot of one. You're always very kind. Um, I appreciate, um, especially knowing your experience and how much you know about local politics, you know, how gracious you are to me about the effort I've made to serve well. I have tried to serve well, but I've also shared with you, you know, it has been, uh, you know, I feel like I have not had some of the success that I wanted to have. Um, and you know, I'm one to always look internally first. What, what could I have done different? What should I have done different? And there's plenty of that. Um, but I am also, and I, we've talked a lot about this. Um, I, um, probably have a different opinion on the way our council functions than, than some, certainly some existing council members and maybe the mayor and staff, uh, again, I can't speak for them. They'd have to speak for themselves, but. I just don't feel like the council is as involved in setting a vision for the city as it should be. 
I think uh, the mayor and the, the city manager, by and large, make the vast majority of the decisions. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the council is, in, as, is involved, um, but to a much lesser degree than I think I believe the council was involved. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for someone, it's like anything, uh, time is probably the most precious, precious asset any of us have when you're willing to commit the time to pour yourself into something and uh, you realize that that energy is really not maximized from a standpoint that in some cases it really doesn't matter how hard you work or how much you know the the end result was decided before you even had the conversation you know that's frustrating to me um, there'll be plenty of folks that do not agree with that, but that's what I think. And so that's what I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, probably the biggest thing that, that I would say, um, should be different is I think the people in Murfreesboro believe when you elect a mayor, I think they believe the mayor runs the city <clears throat> and in, in an interesting twist, you know, in a lot of ways, I think our Mayor Shane has a tremendous amount of influence in how our city is ran and the direction we go. Mm -hmm. um, but technically, we hire a city manager, a professional, to run the city. That's, yeah. that's what we do. I don't believe that the majority of people that vote in the city of Murfreesboro understand that when you vote for a mayor, you're not really voting for a person that's going to run the city. Uh, you're voting for a person by charter. Mm -hmm. that runs our meetings that's the official um, spokesperson for the count uh, for the council um, that you know has official signatory responsibilities related to legal documents but uh, you know Shane has said this and and I think most people that really are in the know understand mm -hmm. this you know Shane doesn't make personnel decisions he doesn't hire people um, you know we, we um, as a council have open debate on certain topics um, the city manager generally speaking sets that agenda related to what we're talking about what issues need to come before council <clears throat> but the vast majority of what happens related to Murfreesboro city government happens at city hall without the council's presence yeah and so I didn't know that when I made the decision to run for city council because the decision to run for city council was I had time to serve. I wanted to serve. I felt like I could, had something that I could contribute. And once I got into that and got really deep into it, <clears throat> I realized that for the effort that I was putting into that, uh, to have so little ability to uh, influence the outcome or to, you know, what I would say, and not everybody would agree with this, fairly debate issues or mm -hmm. openly debate issues. Now, we've done some of that. Um, but there are plenty of things we don't do that with. And some of it's because, you know, we'll probably have to have this conversation about um, vaccines um, mandates because that's something that, you know, throughout the nation, cities and counties are having conversation about vaccine mandates. And so, you know, that'll probably be something that we talk about. Um, and that's going to be a hard issue to talk about um, because, as you well know, people have very strong opinions even people that have been vaccinated yeah. may not want to be dictated to to be vaccinated yeah. and when you're you know ronnie martin is a private citizen i would tell you <clears throat> i mean we have people we're very close to at the bank that haven't been vaccinated I, 
that doesn't bother me. I don't judge them one way or the other. That's a personal decision. It's, it's ruining the economic system in this country. Well, it's, it is a huge distraction. I, I can't say that there's not some merit to the overarching good to trying to keep us functioning, which I think was the goal. You know, yeah. if everybody's sick, how do we function? So I yeah. think there's some room for that conversation. But we're so quick because we're all experts, you know, in everything yeah. to say it should be this way or it should be that way. And the reality is there's just a lot of individual circumstances that can't be accounted for in a broad, specific policy, yeah. which is why we debate. So we'll, we'll probably let's have to do some of that. Let's come back to that. We're going to take a quick break. Sure, we will. Yep. And we'll come back with Ronnie Martin in this particular segment. The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450, online and on your phone at WGNSradio.com. Hi, this is Becky Bookner, and I'm just so proud to talk about the veterans in our community and what an incredible gift they've given all of us, and that's our freedom and the right to live in this country, and we're so grateful to them for the sacrifices they've made. I'm Carly Henry, and I love Adam's Place. We do enjoy the book reviews, and we play cards a lot, play hand and foot, and I've learned to play bridge since I've been here, and that's been a lot of fun and we play billiards. I would encourage my friends to come to Adams Place because that Adams Place is the premier facility of this type, then it's a good choice. French's Shoes and Boots has the hottest brands and unbeatable deals that you won't find anywhere else. But this stuff is going fast and these deals can't last. Everyone wants the wildly popular Hey Dude shoes and French's has them back in stock. Check out the latest styles for men, women, and kids. Hurry and get to French's here in the borough while the getting is good. It makes good sense to shop at French's. French's Shoes and Boots. 1837 South Church Street in Murfreesboro. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Hey, it's Men's Health Month, so be sure to get all your levels tested with a comprehensive annual health assessment at Low T Center. They'll check all your levels, not just your testosterone levels. Low T Center exclusively specializes in men's wellness. If you've been feeling tired, grumpy, notice weight gain and loss of muscle mass, these could all be signs of low testosterone levels, low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. Low T Center can determine the cause and help. And now, Low T Center offers the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for only $155 a month for self-pay or covered by most health insurance. And they can ship directly to your home. Uh, let me say again, it's only $155 a month for monitored self-inject treatments, and they ship directly to you. At Low T Center, most insurance is accepted. Be sure to book your appointment online right now at LowTCenter.com. That's LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. 
Premier 6 Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100, or go seeamovie.com. Popcorn pop fresh daily. Their movie hotline, 896-4100, or go seeamovie.com. Premier 6 on Broad and Jackson Heights. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. City Hall and other city offices will be closed on Thursday, November 11th, in observance of Veterans Day. The city holiday closings include St. Clair Street Center. For Fisborough Transit, the city's public transportation system will not run November 11th. There is a look at how Veterans Day will affect other businesses and services on our website, wgnsradio.com. The Fight Flu TN campaign is underway. The Tennessee Department of Health is launching the program to provide free flu vaccines across the state November 9th. Free flu shots will be available at dozens of locations statewide. The Tennessee Department of Health website has more information about locations near you. Dollar General is committed to fighting food insecurity. The company awarded $50,000 to the Mid-South Food Bank to help increase its storage capacity. That'll help food banks in the region that might not have the ability to store large amounts of food. The donation is all part of Dollar General's commitment to work with Feeding America to provide 20 million meals a year. Airbnb making sure that there are no disruptive parties this New Year's Eve. The short-term rental company is cracking down on unauthorized gatherings over the holiday weekend. Among the rules, guests without a history of positive reviews on Airbnb will not be able to book a one-night stay. The company implemented similar restrictions last year. And Percy Priest Lake in the Smyrna, Laverne, and Antioch area is one of the many Tennessee waterways that will waive fees at recreation areas on Veterans Day this year. In fact, the Corps of Engineers is waiving daily use fees on all of its 2,850 operated recreation areas nationwide in observance of Veterans Day. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Hey folks, we're having our final Dewdrop Jamboree of the season this coming Saturday, November the 6th at 6 p.m. in the Washington Theater at Patterson Park. We have a great lineup this time around. Kicking the show off, we have the Rocky Top Review Dancers and returning to headline the show is a Music City Quartet. This is the last show of the season. It all gets underway this coming Saturday, November the 6th at 6 p.m. inside the Washington Theater at Patterson Park. Doors open at 5.30, it's only $10, so come on out. Bell Jewelers has been in business for over 142 years. This is Lisa Halliburton at Bell Jewelers. There's nothing like the sparkle of a Bell Jewelers diamond, and we have a wonderful selection of loose diamonds as well as mounted settings that you can create the ring of your dreams. We have hundreds of mountings to choose from. Bell Jewelers, 821 Northwest Broad Street, right across from Toots Restaurant. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. Partial sunshine develops here this afternoon. We'll see high in the low 50s. Northeast winds of 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly cloudy, a low near 31. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 38.
It's Krista here with Fleet Feet. The Dance and Lights of Christmas 5K is November 11th at 7 p.m. at the Wilson County Fairgrounds. Run or walk through 2 million Dance and Lights to music. Santa's Village will also be open. Register at runsignup.com or call Fleet Feet if you have any questions. News time right now, 941. Hey, don't forget, Frosty Fun Run is also coming up. You can learn more about that by calling or visiting Fleet Feet Murfreesboro. Time right now, again, 941. More Truman coming your way right now. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Just lose your freedoms, though. I, I agree with that statement. All right, we're back with uh, Ronnie Martin again. I think we're... Are we going to redo we're, this we're, co- we're, topic? We, we, uh, we can't stop this subject. It just goes on and on yeah. and on because there uh, there's so many factors in it that really relate directly to our co- our country are we going to change our country completely right o- over this one particular uh virus this right. disease and uh, y- continue on because we we had some interesting conversations sure off the air so i'll, I'll rewind and uh, we'll talk about that yeah. um you know to the degree you want to talk about it but uh, while we were off the air, one of the things we discussed is um, the uh, c- current administration's um, policy that all federal government employees have to be vaccinated. Yeah. Um, a, um, a, a condition of that or a stipulation that, that follows that decision is that contractors that work with the federal government must be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So that will affect me, I think, in a sense that I will have to make a decision about this debate. I'll get pulled into this debate yeah, um, because the local VA hospital does not have a fire department. Uh, they do not have fire suppression, fire service. And so the city of Murfreesboro has contractually for many, many years has provided um, fire service to the yeah. VA. And so that is a federal uh, entity and we are technically under contract with the federal government to do that mm-hmm. so we're we're going to be pulled into this debate and um you know our conversation off the air was um i i will say that um i i very much respect and agree that it should be an individual choice for people yeah whether they get vaccinated or not right i'm vaccinated but i've also had covid uh i did that because in the work environment that we are in as bankers um, we work close together i work with people um, you know you can say we don't shake hands and we don't be around you know we're not going to be around people face to face it's just hard to do what we do and not be with people not be together all those sorts of things so it to me it was a reasonable precaution that i was okay with but as i mentioned this is what started this conversation we've got people that we admire and respect and we're very close to at the bank that are not uh, mm-hmm. vaccinated personal choice um i'm I'm indifferent to that i think that's exactly fine and and what they should be able to do but as a as an elected official i have to put another hat on and so i'm making decisions now for other people and so i'm going to have to be pulled into this conversation which is really a um, a political conversation and it's really a national conversation uh, due to the the decision that was made by the federal government to say you have to be vaccinated 
So are we not going to provide fire service contractually to the VA because of this issue? Um, and so, you know, as I start going through my mental process of that, um, I've already acknowledged I think it should be an individual decision. Well, now I have to put a different hat on and make a decision for the city of Murfreesboro. Um, we've not discussed this publicly yet. I think we are going to discuss it tomorrow night. Um, so it'll be an interesting discussion point. Um, I probably, because our firefighters provide um, medical services and they are paramedics and EMTs and they're in the medical service, medical provider area, I could probably lean in a direction where I could get on board with saying they need to be vaccinated. Okay. Wait a minute. They already have medical services there. The VA provides yeah, the medical services. Yeah, that's right. That's a good point. But hang in here with me just to follow this point. So that's we're talking fire suppression, but we're talking about the fact that I'm going to see we're going to have some disagreements. Yeah, here. this is going to be good. <laughs> yeah. But you know, we've had um large discussions over the past year, year and a half to um what our firefighters can do, um, this discussion related to the ambulance service, related to transporting, related to first responders, all those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And it's been brought up that we want our firefighters to be able to practice, you know, in the medical field, respond to medical calls at the top of their licensure. So we've had some of these issues with the county we've been working through. Mm -hmm. But if you'll just hang in here with me as I make this point. I'm keeping my mouth shut right yeah. now. <laughs> terms of your show you can talk when you want to talk um but so that so i could probably get on board with saying look just like i think and i use the example of my daughter if my daughter was a doctor or worked in the medical profession mm -hmm. you know i do not think it's unreasonable to say if you're going to work in the medical profession you should be vaccinated i i, I think that's reasonable um now but you just can't say that uh, just spot on exactly if you're going to do that because there are many many other factors that are involved in that and look at how many people in the medical profession are refusing uh, the to go along with, with those particular mandates and i think that's their right and i would tell but my it, but it but but it makes you think it does and because uh they are not from the ones that i have heard yeah. When I was actually listening to the news, I've just about <laughs> quit uh, already. They feel uncomfortable sure. until it's completely proved to be a safe right. method right. Of, of preventing that particular disease. And it's been all over. I mean, it, you, you can't you put your finger on it. If you listen to people all the way across, right. it, it's muddled. Right. Uh, in fact, I think the medical uh, profession right now is befuddled. I think that's the word <laughs> that, that you might be able to put with it. But it's so complicated to take away a, an individual's freedom. Yes, sir. And look what it's doing to the economy across this country. There are so many things that are involved in, in so many people who have had the virus and now from what i've been told they're safer than the ones that are actually getting the shot right and but they don't know how long either one of them is going to last yep so um it, it's uh I, i'll let you go on no, I, no, I, I, I keep i keep interrupting and i try not to do that it's it's your show we're here no together. no 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 yeah. no no it it's your show when you're <laughs> on 
Well, so so back to and this is this is what I would honestly tell my daughter, who yeah. who I love. So both of my daughters have not been vaccinated, and it's because of fertility issue concerns. Yeah. Yeah. I respect that. You know, individual opinion, Ronnie Martin. Um, I think it's your choice. Mm-hmm. But when I put that city council hat on, and I'm having to make decisions for the city. I have to step back away from how I feel personally and and look at it a little differently. So you're saying that because of the VA hospital, everyone is going to have to get the shot that works for the city. No, I'm not oh, saying yes, that. Oh, yes, you are. No, because sir. You can't nope. treat one group different than you have hey, the other. Our They're ratings all, are going through all. the roof right now, man. The, the calls are coming in. <laughs> <laughs> the, the folks everywhere. No, yeah. so, so the point I was making is yeah. – I could get on I was board. being mean. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I could get on board just, you know, saying if you're providing medical services, same thing mm-hmm. I would tell my daughter. Look, mm-hmm. if you want to work in the medical field, I do not think it's unreasonable, regardless of the fact that we are infringing on certain rights. I think, mm-hmm. you know, when you have certain crisis, you have to reevaluate what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, in the medical profession, uh, I do think I could be in a place where I would tell my daughter, hey, you know what? You don't have to get the shot, mm-hmm. but you may not have a choice to work in the medical field. So you're going to have to make that decision for you. Yeah. I think I'd be okay with that. But the problem that I have, and this is where you know, I go back, is, well, if I do that for firefighters, mm-hmm. um, how could I not do it for police officers? Because police officers are – you know, in medical situations all yeah. the time because yeah. of accidents and, you know, other things. And then if I, if I do that po- for police officers, you think about what the teachers have been through um, with the students and what a divisive discussion that has been between parents and kids and teachers. Well, I could make a strong argument for teachers to be vaccinated as well. And so what happens... So that- you've already got a, the largest group of people in, in the city that you, you're going to make... I didn't say that. <laughs> yes, you did. No, sir, I did not. <laughs> yeah, because you're talking about the teachers, law enforcement, so in uh, the fire department, that's a large group there. And so that's exactly my point. Once I start saying, hey, you know what, while I think it's reasonable for medical, yeah. when I start opening that box and saying, well, if I'm going to do it for fire, I feel like I need to do it for police. And if I'm doing it for police, I probably should do it for teachers. And then I'm thinking, hang on a second now. Yeah. Now I've gone from thinking it's an individual decision to saying everybody's got to be vaccinated. Yeah. And that closes in on, you know, I'm probably just not comfortable making the decision to do that. So I think to the point you made earlier, the VA is going to have to decide, hey, we're either not going to have a contract with Murfreesboro for fire service. And this is Ronnie Martin's opinion for Ronnie Martin's single vote. If we get to that, you know, I just don't know that I can mandate that. You get your the fire department would have if they had a, a major fire over there. We would they go. would have l- very little contact w- with those people. That yeah, and there. the reality is we would go. They're anywhere. trying to they're trying to just completely uh, stop that fire from from uh, harming other people and, and maybe save the 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 VA hospital itself. And and the truth is, if a fire broke out at the VA hospital, just like if a fire broke out at your neighbor's house, yeah, nobody's going to say, "Or do you have a mask?" And you know, have you been vaccinated? You're taking care of people. You're saving yeah. people. That's what we would do. Which is what brings me back all the way from where I started down that rabbit trail to saying, "Hey, I can't go down this trail because I can't feel comfortable with a decision." that I think is fair and reasonable. Yeah. And so I'm back to, look, that's an individual decision. Um, the, the federal government the administration thought that was a good idea. 
they may have all kinds of information that I do not have about why we should do that. Um, but I'm just not going to be comfortable mandating that for, for our employees. Yeah. So. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I think that's your decision. That, I, I, that is my decision. I told you. You tried to tell me I was going to do that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> but you, 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 you did a... You were presenting that, and then you came all the way around the world. I just wanted yeah, you to Jenny understand. Is, 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 we're, we're on the same page. I, I could After have taken, all that is over with. I could have taken the easy route that, and that said. That was a lot of conversation. Yeah, yeah it right was. Where we started. This is the problem with my brain. Um, I could have just said I'm not for that, but that's not the whole story. I, I yeah. think it's important for people that, because, look, and you've been where I've been in an elected official capacity. People judge you based on the decisions that you make. Yeah. But I have found that most reasonable people, if they understand your logic and why you do what you do, um, understanding has more to do with agreement or, or has more to do with being able to have a positive conversation and um, a respectful dialogue or disagreement yeah. than really the outcome does because we're not always going to disagree on things but I, I think it's important to explain the why we do what we do and I do that at work I do it at home it's not enough for me just to say here's what I want you to do it's you know here's why I think we should do this do you agree do you disagree let's have a conversation about it and we do that all the time yeah one of the things it, it, it's an emotional issue oh yeah for sure there, there's no doubt about that and, and people uh, who have uh, lost family members, I understand their emotions. Yeah. And, and uh, it, it's one of those things that's hard to deal with. But w when you look at it in, in a way, in a logical way, it, it, it's, it's hard to bring that across w when they have been affected and they see other people. The, the media, bless their hearts, they're showing all the bad things oh, yeah. that had happens when uh, people supposedly ha have uh, had the virus and, and, and many of them have passed. But what, what is interesting to me is I've, I've got some friends in the medical industry, industry and I, uh, a lot of the deaths that are reported in this country were it wasn't the that particular virus that yeah. killed those people mm -hmm. they were people that had other diseases they had many health problems right and uh one thing that's really interested me is a lot of people were overweight oh yeah that died of this disease yep and um it is are you going to punish the people that have had the virus and they have gotten uh, they've gotten well right. in in a pretty short time, and uh, and now they have a, a a great resistance to that particular disease. But the media will not utilize any of that information whatsoever, because they they seem to be on on a target to make sure that everybody gets that with, and eliminate all the other discussions that are involved. It, it, it's, um, it, it's hard for me to stomach that, but I'm not going to get mad at right. people that are pushing it so hard. But all of that should be in the conversation, not just uh, uh, what they want people to hear. 
I, I agree. I mean, the term COVID-related deaths, you know, has been something that um, I think has not, you know, we've really not spent enough time talking about what that really means because you have people that, uh, for example, somebody could, you know, die in a car crash and they had COVID. And yeah. one of the things that will be reported is uh, such and such died in a car crash and had COVID-19 at the time. You know, I mean, those kinds of things happen. And yeah. um, so it's really hard to know. Um, I, I think the other thing that's been really interesting, and uh, we had a meeting yesterday and the conversation of motorcycles came up, uh, riding motorcycles and whatever else. And begrudgingly, I had to admit that, um, you know, my reflexes and my vision are not as good as they used to be. And so I would feel less confident on a motorcycle today than I would have 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, but I think the other thing that is a reality is age has a lot to do with people's response also. Um, I think the older you get and the more vulnerable you feel, uh, I think the easier it is uh, to be very pro-mask, very pro-vaccine, uh, very scared of what might be. And I think, you know... Um, the media can certainly inflate that and um so i mean it's tough it's hard to know what to believe but i can tell you my experience in in politics and reading newspaper headlines and websites and information related to discussions i have and topics that go on um you're lucky if 50 percent of what you're reading is accurate and and that's not because i think the media I is think more like 10 percent. yeah maybe um but yeah. but it's hard to remove the bias that is in writing and reporting and you know because so many people feel strongly you get you get a person two two people one pro vaccine one anti-vaccine write the same article on the same data mm. two different articles and you know a lot of times we don't know that as the end user as we're consuming you know information and so it's tricky you know uh, every morning i'll get up and try to see what the weather's going to be like because mm -hmm. i don't know why i rush because it'll be on all day long right the same thing and also they will have the numbers of people that have uh, con contracted the virus in the state of tennessee kentucky and all mm -hmm. the way up the line and, and uh and how many people have died it runs all day long really you're you, yeah you, you you're just brainwashed <laughs> that's why i will watch very little television anymore it yeah. it, it it just seems to it's it's a um, unique tool that the media is utilizing today we need to get you netflix give you something else to watch <laughs> well i just got a text from terry hodge okay and I, I'm not, I don't know if Terry Hodge has gotten the shot or not, but he says, Truman, you're sounding like Fauci. Yeah. If I sound like Fauci at any point. I don't think so. I'm not sure that's during right. During this conversation. That may be friendly banter coming, uh, from, coming from your friend. My dad says you can't believe anything he says anyway. So. You can't believe anything uh, Terry Hodge said? Terry you're, you're right. You're exactly right. Bless. But but he can, he, he can actually... Uh, solve all the problems that a house has at any given time. Mm -hmm. If you need a, a good person to go out and take care of uh, what your windows, your roofs, your a dripping plumbing and all that stuff, he does a good job. Now, with all these things that you're having to deal with as a city councilman, you are full-time 
banker. You yes, really are. So with all these terrible problems they're having to deal with, you're part-time at the city. Right. And uh, I presume that would, the mayor would be part-time also. Uh, only the city uh, manager would be a full-time player in all of this. Yeah. And, and, and that's a complicated thing, isn't it? Because you're having to utilize his data unless you go above and beyond and do your research yourself. That's pretty difficult. Yeah, and that's the other challenge, I think, with being a council member that, um, you know, I, I would encourage uh, anybody that's interested in, in serving in local government to serve. Um, yeah. You know, my experience is certainly not uh, – you know, uh, all inclusive of what everyone's experience would be. I think that depends on who you are and, um, you know, what you want to accomplish in city government and what you want to accomplish in service. But the point you're making is exactly correct. Um, very few people, um, whether I agree with all of his policies or not aside, um, our city manager is exceptionally bright and he is uh, very smart and there are many many things he does better than probably everybody on the council and the city benefits from that yeah um where i have a little bit of a different issue is um you know from a style and structure and substance and how we do what we do in the community that we're in mm -hmm. um you know the culture thing is different for me i'm you know pinnacle bank's got a, an amazing culture i'm very very thankful to be a part of that institution because yeah. of the leadership that we have and so there's some style differences there but um when you look at the body of work as fast as our city is growing with all the things that we do um unless you um are just really, really smart, and I, I can't put myself in that category, it's going to take a tremendous amount of time to just know the issue as well as the city manager knows the issue, which you're probably not going to be able to do, much less know it as thoroughly and comprehensively as, mm -hmm. as a city manager was and so would. And so it really puts the council in a, in a difficult position, and so there's a lot of, of trust that goes on from the standpoint of, you know, if you're a uh, board of directors or a chairman of a company, you've got a president or a CEO that's running the company day in and day out. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, you don't try to oversee every decision that person's making or look through every piece of data that person's looking at. But, but uh, I think a big piece of the reason that works is there's trust in a shared vision for what we want to do. Yeah. And that's another reason I think my vision of Murfreesboro is probably different than um, – you know, than our, maybe even our mayor and, and some of our council. Um, and so I've not had the same success that I think some people have, but, you know, we've had a strong council for a long time. You think about uh, Doug Young and Ron Washington and I could go Yeah, we really on. miss Doug Young. Yeah, I mean, those are great people that have had yeah. great contributions. Yeah, and, and Ron too. Ron yeah. was a great city council. Yeah, but it is part-time. Uh, it is demanding. Um, but it is like anything uh, I have found, the harder something is, probably the most, re the more rewarding it is if you're in it for the right reason. Yeah. And so I'm really thankful for the experience I've had. I'm, I'm really humbled to have had the opportunity to serve. Um, I've tried to work hard and be present and show up, and so I've done that. Uh, and I'm going to be um, uh, happy for someone else to have that same opportunity. I was thinking um, you have people who are over each division of the city. Right. And, and uh, for the most part, they're, they're, 
they're qualified people. Oh, yeah, for sure. So if you have a full-time mayor, the mayor would work directly with those individuals and be able to tell what are the basic needs of the city, plus <clears throat> have the input from the citizens in the community. Right. That that To me, that would be a big plus. So if I know how you feel about it, and I, I think most people, when they think about it, they can understand that a full-time mayor would be probably more successful in a town like Murfreesboro as it has grown and would meet the needs of, of the people in the community better. You know, I, I'll take an example and use Bill Jones. We mentioned him earlier. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm saying what Bill has said to me before. Uh, you know, Bill didn't come through the banking system as a lender. Most people, when you think of a banker, you think of somebody that makes loans. That's yeah. what a lot of people think of as a banker. Well, bank, uh, Bill, his expertise is in trust. Uh, so he, he's got experience much different than mine, um, which touches lots of things. There are probably borrowing needs inside of trust. There are tax needs inside of trust, uh, investment, um, insurance planning. I mean, it's, it's a, you, you got to be a pretty smart fellow to be able to do that sort of thing. And yeah. so Bill runs our local organization. Well, I think that is a reflection more of his ability as a leader and to lead people and to work with people and bring out the best in people, encourage people, motivate people. Um, you got to be able to, people have to be able to trust what you do, put you know their careers in your hands so they can advance. Customers have to trust your credibility, you know, with what we do, and it's it's a lot about uh, leading an organization and protecting the culture and creating a good place for people to work so that they can perform well i think in in my version of what local city government should be when you and this this goes back to maybe just a fundamental philosophy mm -hmm. when you're going to the election booth to push the button for the mayor of murfreesboro i think people believe that's the person that's making the decisions i think that is the person that should be making the decisions now our system is not set up that way it's set up differently and I think in a smaller community, um, that makes a lot of sense. And there are plenty of people that disagree with me, and they're really smart people that disagree with me. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay on this path because I believe it to be the right path. And that is that um, you, know, you don't have to have the expertise to be, know everything about road building, or know everything about a budget, or know everything about the legal department to be a mayor. <clears throat> I think you've gotta be a good leader of people. I think you've got to, inspire trust uh, in the people that work for the city, serve the citizens of Murfreesboro. I think you've got to empower them to do the work that they do. Um, and most people, if they are in an environment where they feel respected and valued and that they are contributing to the organization in a way that is positive, that rewards them, they're incentivized and motivated to give and to invest and to do their best work. And ultimately, <clears throat> who wins in that environment are the citizens, because you have the staff serving the citizens, which is which is the way I think it should be. But I think the city mayor's function, uh, or I'm sorry, the city manager's function, uh, is to serve the department heads. Um, and I think a mayor can do that, should do that, and I think the person that should be doing that should be elected and not chosen by the council. And Look, there's a fair argument to say that uh, the council, the 
the citizens elect the council and the council elects the or appoints the city manager. Mm -hmm. That's factually accurate. Um, the, the difficulty and the breakdown, I think, is there's just not as much transparency about what we actually do, why we actually do it, because there's not the same ability to hold a mayor accountable or a city manager accountable or a council accountable because it's blurry, if that makes sense. How much uh, power as far as the everyday running uh, of the city of Murfreesboro does a mayor have? Uh, when you when you look at his title and all his responsibilities, uh, what exactly are his responsibilities? Well, I think <clears throat> I've never been the mayor, so I don't know. Um, but I can speak from my personal experiences on the council. And what I can tell you is um, that seat has a tremendous amount of influence uh, amongst council members. And the reason it has a tremendous amount of influence is the mayor because of the unique relationship, always has more information and insight than the average council member. And the reason for that is the mayor has an office in City Hall. Uh, he is, uh, he or she, they are in the City Hall more often. Mm -hmm. They communicate with the city manager uh, regularly, I would say daily, uh, probably, I don't know. But Does just the city manager reach out to the mayor when he uh, is trying to make, make, get some of the information and make decisions. I think the way that happens is um, the manager leans on the mayor uh, to get a feel for what he thinks the council, um, where the council is going to be. Mm -hmm. And I think um, part of that discussion turns into um, where the mayor stands because, I mean, you know, you think about group dynamics, um, mm -hmm. you know, Jan likes to disagree with me usually, um, but depending upon the environment, depending upon where we are, if she and I are in a room together, we're full of 50 people, she's going to be less likely to disagree with me in front of 50 people than right. she would be one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And so I think that's part of the breakdown. Um, that's not as much of an issue for me. Um, I don't mind speaking my mind regardless of who's in the room. Um, mm -hmm. But you got to be careful with that. And, you know, I, I've done some of that, I think, well and for the right reason. And, uh, you know, there have been times where I probably shouldn't have said some of the things I've said um, from the standpoint of it, it causes hurt feelings and, and those types of things. But, yeah. you know, as an elected official, you're constantly struggling with what am I here to do? What's my responsibility? You know, why did, you know, 7,200 people send me here to do this rather than them come do it themselves? They didn't just send me here to agree with everything. And so you're constantly making this decision between evaluating what you feel is right versus the wave of the direction we're going. And you're trying to figure out the best way to do that without dividing and isolating people. And sometimes it's just not possible to accomplish all of that. And so yeah. that's why it's hard. And that's why we need people to do it. I mean, it's, it's not a place to come hang out and have lunch and be friendly and pat each other on the back and drink coffee and go home. There's real work that goes on and it's not always easy work. It's hard work. So do you have, uh, information before some of these major projects are brought up? Like we'll go back to Murfreesboro electric and right. middle Tennessee electric. Who, who provides you the initial information yeah. as to what's going on with these, each one of these particular projects? So, and that was a very interesting, that, that's probably, a, um, that singular issue was probably the thing for me that 
that changed my relationship um, with a lot of the people I work with at, at City yeah. Hall yeah. because what I picked up on, um, you know, I, I approached that not as someone who was for or against. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I would tell you today, there are going to be great things that come to the city of Murfreesboro and to the citizens as a result of the sale. Yeah. The opportunity cost of what has happened because of the sale I'm not sure I have enough information to know what the opportunity cost has been or, or if it was a good or bad trade-off. But while I was in the middle of that decision and knew nothing about all of that, it was all brand new and all fresh, mm-hmm. um, it was really easy to see that most of the information I was looking at was designed to support the ultimate outcome. Yeah, It was not, here are the pros, here are the cons. Um, and in the work that I do, it just so happens to be I'm responsible for presenting information like that. So part of our job, we find opportunity, we do our due diligence, and we present, let's call it a loan committee, we present information to a loan committee to say, hey, we think this is a good plan. But part of that, and a really critical piece of that, is that we have to talk about what could go wrong. We have to talk about the pros and cons of what we do and what you get really good at is if if everything is positive and rosy and there are no downside to it you're not getting all the facts yeah you know what i mean yeah and maybe that's not fair but i did feel like in that instance that uh, we spent a lot more time and energy talking about why it was a good thing uh, without an appropriate amount of conversation related to why it might not be good you know would the utility be worth more to the citizens 25 years from now when it is today I think probably yes. Uh, We countered that argument with the city is geographically locked. It can't grow outside of these boundaries. Well, the reality is you can grow vertical. Uh, Urban areas get more dense. You're going to have more clients inside the core. But none of that was really talking points or none of those things were really debated. Uh, And again, that issue is over. I'm just trying to illustrate the point that, you know, we don't always get – what I'm going to call um, unbiased information to make a decision by, we get information to inform us to make a decision. And sometimes it's the decision someone's trying to, the path they're trying to lead us down. That was one of the more uh, difficult decisions. If if you take the time to start asking, and I know you did, and you did a lot of research on your own, but that I didn't hear a whole lot of questions being asked mm-hmm. when that subject was brought up. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't. It, it it just seemed like it. Go ahead and pass it, and and uh, the informa- information that we got, even though it it might be one sided, yeah, uh, is what we need to follow. Well, I can tell you, um, I do know, based on recollection of those discussions. Madeline Scales Harris, our vice mayor, had a lot of questions about that. That was mm-hmm. not an easy decision for her. Yeah. Um, Bill Shacklett had a lot of questions about that, a lot of uncertainty of whether or not that was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, ultimately, I was the only person that voted against the sale. But that was, you know, in my opinion, um, I think the council was more engaged in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't change my opinion that we were being led in a direction with the information we had to to support it. Um, where where were the answers that were actually on the other side? Were that were 
those brought up and and were they um accurate enough to to either change a decision or whatever i think truman so one of the things that sticks out to me and and i'm going to get this wrong so i'll ask for a little grace um you know pay more attention to the spirit of what i'm saying than the actual uh, technical aspect of what i'm saying mm -hmm. but one of the things that i remember and i think it was on the first page of this report said you know um small local municipal utilities electric companies are kind of struggling phasing out having infrastructure challenges you know investment is high and expensive fixed cost operating costs are high and expensive mm -hmm. and and there are certain aspects of that that are true uh, for certain um, but it, it really painted this picture that we had this really small utility that just couldn't keep up and mm -hmm. i can remember again as someone that didn't know anything about any of that you know, I, I called, uh, and I don't even remember the acronym, but the, the national um, group, uh, national municipal utility group that, that monitors and tracks and supports local, you know, municipal utilities, electric companies specifically, to get data on how many local <clears throat> um, municipal electric companies there were and how many customers they had, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and how just w whether or not I could connect the dots on that. And again, don't hold me to the numbers, just follow the spirit, but come to find out Murfreesboro Electric MED was one of the largest and best utilities in the country. And so you, you really hurt your credibility with me when we're arguing, you know, out of the gate, hey, this thing is small and struggling and needs all this capital to keep it going and, yeah. you know, they're going to struggle and, you know, we can't grow and all this kind of stuff and find out we're one of the largest um, electric companies in the in the country. And uh, had great people working there. Yeah, and, and, and so look, you know, there are plenty of counter arguments that you can yeah. make with that and say, you know, had we reached our limit, uh, would we not go vertical? Could we not expand? All those are fair conversations to have. And frankly, I probably don't have enough experience and knowledge about the industry to know what that might look like. So, but my point being, going back to being a part-time council member, trying to <clears throat> help set a vision and have open objective conversation and the ability to do research on those topics, yeah. You're just really dependent upon the staff on what they give you. And if, if the city manager and, and the staff, you know, want to go in a certain direction, it's going to take an awful lot. And unless you're a utility expert in this case or whatever the next issue is, you happen to have expertise in that, mm -hmm. it's an uphill battle to, uh, to even have enough information to, um, to form a, a really good independent uh, opinion, much less an adversarial one. You know where you disagree with them i mean yeah. it just takes a lot of time and effort to to do that people don't understand just how much time you have to put in there uh to serve the people in the community that uh, local races are big time races and you want the best people possible in there to uh serve your city and sir and and each person has a big part of it, yep. just making the decision on who's going to be uh, the next city councilman and, and all the way across the board. So, right. Ronnie, I appreciate you coming in. Thanks for the invite, as always. Appreciate you, Truman. I always appreciate you. Happy all birthday right, to you. Well, do what? Happy early birthday to you.
Well, you're going to take uh, you and Janie are taking me out, right? We are. We are. I look forward to that one. All right. All right, guys. We'll see you in the morning at nine. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.